Hello and welcome to Digital Cowboys Movies and Video Games, episode 42, dated Thursday the 14th of February 2008. Not only is this Douglas Adams' favourite episode, probably, uh, but uh, also it's the Valentine's Day one, so we're not going to talk about romantic movies whatsoever. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to say our favourite three at the very, very end, so you have to listen out for that one. But uh, sod. Valentine's Day movies by, by now after the, you know, well, by the time you listen to this you will be so sick of hearts and bears and all those flowers and shit that we want to give you something slightly different so we're going to talk about kids films instead uh, but first off which if you have a good Valentine's evening that may be the result of oh my yeah. god but what? yeah good point yeah. <laughs> good point thank you Tony there, there is a link right speaking of yeah. which my name is Alex Shaw I'm Paul Shot. I'm Tony Atkins welcome to the and Paul, you have some news for us, and indeed the whole world. Drum roll. World? <laughs> well, everyone is listening, so that's probably slightly less than the whole world, but slightly more than the uh, amount of people who you could fit into a small bus station shelter. So, sorry, sorry. What did you say? I was reading this uh, the, the manual for my rock, rock band on the PlayStation Three. Uh, oh, you're giving it away. Uh, ah, <laughs> damn it! So you Actually, got I was. rock band on the PlayStation Three, which was revealed two weeks ago. Uh, yes, purely for yeah. singing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, can't get you know. Obviously, I think ordering the whole bundle would be a bit uh, would be overkill. Basically, yeah. because I want to ultimately get the game on the Xbox 360, and yeah. decided that uh, I wanted to play the vocals now, given that that's probably going to be the bit that requires the most sort of you know understanding of the songs fully to to, to be able to do. Just for our like, listeners, if they did want to get the whole bundle now, would it be playable on the PS3 in the UK? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, yes, the US version is uh, is region free. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you, accessing the downloadable content would require you to create a fake uh, US account and um, uh, get some sort of way of loading the that account up with money. Uh, there, are, there are some ways in which you can... Plenty of pitfalls. Yeah, there are, yeah there are insane importing costs of those... Oh, yeah, yeah, and just just hope your drum kit or your guitar doesn't break in the meantime, because that... Uh... Exactly. Those are, I mean, <laughs> fortunately, the, the, for me, the, the microphone itself... I could have used the SingStar one, but I actually decided to get a Logitech Vantage one, which is... Um, uh, which is actually basically the same as the microphone that comes with Rock Band anyway, because right. um, I thought it would just probably make more sense to do it that way around. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it will work, it'll load it up, boot it up fine, no problem, all works really? on Marvels. I've got so many questions. Um, <laughs> Bear in mind, only vocals. <laughs> only vocals, right, okay, let me, let me focus here. How many songs can you start off with? Uh, well, when you when you when you start the game uh, on e- easy on e- well, e- quick play gives you about I think it, each song each tier has about five has like five songs. So when you, if you go into quick play, you have ten, ten, st- ten songs to start with, and obviously you can then go through the, t- the solo tours where uh, e- easy I think it's like forty something tr- tracks that you can go through. Then um, you get the full fifty eight within um, uh, within medium. The medium to expert. Um, obviously, thirteen of those songs are bonus songs. Uh, right. So you, uh, you know, including obviously Timmy and the Lords of the Underworld. Darkness, <laughs> my heart with pain. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, which obviously, I should point out, I've literally only had this game for a couple of hours, so right. I haven't really had time to get. I've, I'm up to about the third, the third tier on easy, and I've had to go at um, uh, medium and X and hard. So I haven't had to, haven't, haven't had a chance to try expert yet. How did it so, feel finally putting it in and pressing play? Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. For now, for now. Um, it's Valentine's uh, Day. 
What are you going to do? Valentine's Day. Um, well, we, well, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, when I got, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, because I got, actually, funny enough, got home from work early today, and by complete coincidence, I didn't actually know it was arriving today. Christmas. It was yeah. like, yes. So, um, yeah, we, when, when the game first loads up, I had, actually had a patch to, to download straight away was the first thing. This is typical with these. But you things. said you, you had a panic attack. Like, <laughs> yes, I, I cried. That's right. I cried <laughs> tears of joy. But yeah. uh, loaded it up, boom, away you go. Obviously, because I've got the unlike Guitar Hero, you can't play um, the the drums or the um, uh, guitar using a controller, which you sometimes you can play the guitar part using a DualShock or mm. Xbox 360 pad or whatever. Right. Um, so, it, as far as it's concerned, if you if you're the player with the uh, controller plugged in, you're automatically the vocalist. Uh-huh. And that's the same on the 360 and the PS2 versions as well. So um, that's something to be to be aware of. Obviously, uh, no no means of uh, of getting any kind of even if I say went out and bought Guitar Hero 3 on the PS3, the guitar wouldn't work. Um, yeah. Uh, various uh, long. Thank long, you. Long, long, I'd like to say again, Activision, you <laughs> So um, yeah. So I mean, ultimately, as it stands, because to get the full the full experience, will only really I'll only really want to get that on the 360. Yeah. Because let's face it, that's where all my friends are, really. But this gives me an opportunity to uh, at least have a go at uh, the bit I was actually most interested in. It's probably the bit least interesting to most people, but to me, being a big fan of SingStar, obviously, uh, which we reviewed uh, just before Christmas, um, this, it was, I, was intri- I was interested to see how this, this game's vocals set portion, which is basically Karaoke Revolution, which is a very popular karaoke uh, video game in the States, hasn't really done very well over here it wasn't, I, don't, I, I think there have been very few releases and SingStar is kind of in Europe is the big uh, karaoke game yeah I believe there will be a continued of people who are in this only for the bass and rhythm that that's all that interests them out of the whole uh, rock band thing but I think they're going to be slightly outstripped by the amount of people who want to sing so uh, it's not well yeah I mean the ba- it's fair to say the bass uh, the bass portion actually doesn't have its own solo career which is oh. mm. so all those bass players out there some of them are dangerous you've got to watch these people <laughs> give them their uh, give them their dues otherwise they get crazy and start shooting up the place yeah there's only a drum career and a guitar career and a uh, sing career isn't there yeah, yeah. yeah that's correct yeah. Well, not that I can actually say either of the uh, the first two so <laughs> if you name the bassist in Coldplay no Oh. Well, I'll, I'll tell you later. Um, <laughs> okay, honestly, how does it rate in our usual scale of uh, out of five uh, as far as a portion of a game? Well, the initial impressions are good, I will say that. Um, the uh, It's definitely fair to say, having now tried it on on the higher difficulty settings, that it's easier than SingStar. SingStar is actually a lot harder. Um, so uh, that's the first thing. I mean, just to give you an idea, I tried to... Uh, I tried Paranoid. Paranoid was actually by Black Sabbath. Uh, it's the first song I actually uh, tried. It's a cover version, I should add. Um, uh. And I've, uh, I've obviously, well, like, like the Guitar Hero 3 version as well. Now, um, on SingStar Legends, I've got like 9,940 on it. So that was obviously like, like, you know, 60 points of a perfect on it. So I tried it on easy. I 100% it first go. Uh, tried it on medium, actually ballsed it up because my, uh, my octaves were, were all over the shop at one point. Because I tried it again, 100% it. Thought, okay, this can't be, let's try hard, 100%ed it first go. So clearly it's easier. Um, I haven't tried expert, haven't had a chance to yet. So um, that's oh, the next All that uh, practice came in handy then, it would appear. Well, evidently, um, it's, it just strikes me as though uh, there's, it's, much, it's much more relaxed about. Um, 
getting the exact uh, pitch right. Um, it, it's not as though you, you need to you need to basically be in the right sort of the right the right the pitch needs to be right in the right sort of ballpark. But you can sort of get away with it. Like there's songs like you know Danny California by Red Hot Chili Peppers, for example, where there's just some of the lines are just you know can barely make out what he's saying. So I just sort of just sort of fumbled my way through it and just winged it, and uh, I still managed to five star it. Oh. So it's. Um, but the other ones like sabotage is really difficult. I, I found. Uh, has that got a rap meter type thing? Well, it's not. It's not like <laughs> um, not like Singstar has a rap meter. It's basically the words appear at the the, the very bottom of the screen, and you have to uh, you have to match what what they're saying and the, you know the sort of the, the kind of rhythm of it. So in a sense, it is like the rap meter, but um, it's a li- it seems a little bit easier. So on certain lines, I was fine, but without really fully fully knowing the rhythm of the song, which I don't fully know completely. Uh, I, I cocked it up. Big uh, I, I remember how it goes. It goes, oh my, it's a mirage telling you all it's a sabotage. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Although you can, you can say, uh, I've seen people on YouTube do things like, you know, they say really sort of weird high pitch and then just start going blah, 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 and uh, just getting getting like awesome ratings on each line. So it's not, I, I'm, I'm a bit unconvinced to how, you know, how, mind you, it's not like we should really expect these things to be, you know, amazing at speech recognition given that, you know, computer operating systems and software yes, haven't done it. So I, I think it's a bit unfair to expect the games to be able to do that. But it does a pretty good job of uh, getting you know, you have to make the sound at least right. I mean it's not it's not gonna look too too you're not gonna look too shit hot just sort of humming the whole thing anyway if, if you're in a, if there's like four of you playing because no. I'd imagine it probably piss off the other people who <laughs> and they'd suddenly put down their instruments and stare at you in a sort of what the hell are you doing kind of kind of way. Yeah. So, uh, which I can sort of understand. Well, yeah, you, you have to perform not only for the game, but uh, finally, uh, since you're in a group, you kind of have to perform with each other and just make sure that everyone's like really rocking out as well as performing. You're gunning for it. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and I think you can only really do that if you're experience. singing the damn thing, you know. Yeah. But obviously, a lot, I think a lot of people are so, kind of self-conscious about this. As, as the years, as, as, I, as, I, as I go older in years, you know, the wiser, the older I get, you know, the less concerned I am about uh, looking like a total arse in front of <laughs> people. To hear. So, uh, it just it doesn't really matter. I don't I don't care if I sound like I'm strangling a cat. But you don't. Um, you don't. Well, you know, you, 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 you that, would be, that would have to be the next thing that you you end what, up. Cat strangle a hero. No, but you know, if you five star songs is starting to actually try to imitate the uh, the people who are singing, you know, try to get yeah. that voice. Just I think like... that's the problem. I mean, obviously, <laughs> if the game if the game required you to sing in the same octave as the original. As the as the, the you know the, as the one in the game, it'd be a cover version or the original artist. Yeah. It would basically be impossible. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think the game could really expect you to do that. So that, so uh, someone pointed out you could sing um, you know the Coheed and Cambria song like like Barry White, sounding like Barry White. Pitch <laughs> <laughs> right. That I would like to hear. Okay. So, so uh, yeah. first impressions of Rock Band, good. Uh, good. I, I'm I'm very very impressed with it. So I mean, presentation-wise, they've really gone to town with the whole. Um, because uh, obviously a lot of the a lot of the time on the vocals you're spent is spent uh, standing there just watching the the, the the thing go by. Occasionally you'll have like either a cowbell or uh, tambourine hits to do instead. Like obviously yeah. get, don't fear the reapers, a cowbell, and you have to basically hit the uh, microphone against your hand or whatever because it make, and, the, and the sound of that um, makes, makes a cowbell uh, sound. A, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> you have to mimic the it mimic. There's a little little circles that go past and you have to hit it in time with that. 
Um, I got a like, fever, and the only thing that can cure me is more cowbell. It's funnily enough, they actually make several references to that in the, um, in the, uh, the you know, the, the you know, the loading screens. Yeah. Um, of that particular song, but um, it's just, uh, yeah, the it, it you, the, the visual side of things. There's lots of uh, they've really they've really spruced that up. They've really compared to how the stuff they did with the Guitar Hero games. This is, this is far less cartoony and looks looks pretty amazing. I've got to admit, I'd love to see it in uh, 1080p. Awesome. Tony, hello. Well, yeah, I mean, Tony, hello. Bring it round. <laughs> when? Tell me the well, day. unfortunately, this, this is only 720p for the PS PS3 yeah. version. God. Um, so, um, but uh, yeah, it, it, I'm, it looks some of the visual filters they use, um, certain bits are sort of almost becomes a sort of uh, sepia tone type uh, um, thing. It's, it just looks really, really impressive. So they've really, really done a very good. It's not as though NeverSoft didn't do a really good job with Guitar Hero Three either, but it, um, this is just a, it's, it's a slightly that was obviously a bit cartoony. There is this is a bit more sort of realistic, shall we say, slightly harder edged. But and they, they both look very impressive though. It really does show up how sort of old school the PS2, you know, and the, the PS2 and the Wii versions look in comparison, Guitar Hero look in comparison. So, yeah. um, that's, uh, well, yeah. looking forward to it, honestly. I mean, I, I, as I said, two weeks ago, I was a little bit sort of, uh, for fuck's sake about it. But, uh, now, I don't know. I want it now. Now! Can't I think have we, it. All, we all want it now. And yes. Unfortunately, it's just, um, I mean, I want it all. I really want it all. I want it <laughs> now. Want it now. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, yeah. So, well, you'll get to see it in a couple of weeks when uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure we can arrange something. To it. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of weeks, this week. Now, last week we started it out as uh, called This Week in Gaming, but we've done so much this week that wasn't specifically just game-related. We're just going to call it This Week from now on. So uh, this is just a quick rundown of what we've done in the week. And obviously, we, since we talked about Rock Band quite a lot, we really do have to make this a fairly quick one. <laughs> so, um, uh, Tony, do you want to go first? Yeah, well, uh, I've, I've got, got that a lot much to talk about, so I'll get yours done first. And I, I mean, I haven't seen that one. Paul Me did actually see um, There Will Be Blood, but we're going to talk about that next we week. We'll have to talk about that one next week. About it. Um, I don't. Uh, I played some Call of Duty 4, first time in ages, which uh, I actually really enjoyed. My, I'd, I'd started not liking that game for some bizarre reason, but um, had a few good games. So my love for that has maybe perked up again. So that was Blossomed again. Yeah, first. I had, sorry. had some uh, good games of Halo 3. Alex yep. was in one of them. With uh, Hawkin HD, the first instance of Tom on Xbox Live. Indeed. In which is good fun. There's a, a new game over which uh, Jambo and Uslop were playing called Griffball, which is basically the red versus blue guys uh, designed and gave to uh, Bungie. Which, and the idea of it, if you imagine kind of dodgeball... You've got two goals at either end. Well, that's the dodgeball, I guess, but, you know, two goals at either end. More like Eats. football, and you hold yeah, it. Yeah, well, the, go- the, the skull spawns in the middle, and then everybody has to run, get the skull, and get the ball in the other person's uh, net. In the- is it a skull, a ball, or a bomb? I think that is actually a bomb, isn't it? The yeah. It goes up once you put it in there. But, it gets um, to the net, and it explodes. 
But that, that's hilarious. Everyone else has got swords, so it's just it's all chaos and it's, hammers, uh, and hammers and hammers, and it, it's just one that it's the variety of the Halo Three still amazes me. The kind of stuff you can just muck around in forge because yeah. that's a whole new game mode. And I we were having you know, played it for a good couple of hours, and man, it's funny. Right. <laughs> um, what else? I completed Res this week. Well, uh, finally completed level five, and that game is simply superb. Um, yeah, can't <laughs> level five is you, you might as well forget whatever you played between level one and four because five just you know, it, it takes everything you kind of thought you knew about that game and went right. We're going to completely weird you out now, and you got different landscapes of trees falling down as you fly through, and, and weird hologram and people chasing you. It's most bizarre, so that's fantastic. How long so, did it take you to, to complete in like total? Just if you just sat down and did all the five levels. Uh, couple of hours. Levels one to no level one, levels one to four are about five to ten minutes. Jesus, uh, so you could do it in like a, an hour then. Yeah, a piece, and then level five is uh, about twenty-five minutes. Jesus, so that's like a big. It's a big long chunk of level, but it's it's so fantastic, and the beat becomes really kind of down, dirty, and nasty, and very scratchy, and you're adding all these different sorts of tunes and drums to it. So it's really, really impressive. I did play the um, demo version of it. It, it yeah. was interesting. It, 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 it held my interest for longer than I thought it would. Well, better than some of the arcade games released this week. Has anyone yeah. else played the Disc of Tron? Disc of Tron, yes. Piece of shit. I mean, it's not as bad as the <laughs> Tron game, but anyone saying that this game is good is simply wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was, that was it. I mean, Tron came out and everyone said, oh, well, it's not Disc of Tron. Disc, Disc of Tron was the, you know, that was the that game was the that, that was good and this, this is just the crap one. So I thought, oh, well, I'll give it a go. No. This is awful. <laughs> it's slightly better because I can actually... Pl- I played it for more than, I don't know, a minute. It, it held yeah. my interest for two minutes before I went, no, this is... Quite it was one fully formed game uh, as opposed to like five really awful fucking games, but it still was crap, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the main thing I've been doing this week is Burnout Paradise, still. Oh. After my lukewarm still. review... Yeah, my lukewarm review of it last week, although still gaining a, a four out of five stars, so hey. it wouldn't have been that bad. Um, I've somehow managed to now put uh, about 65 hours into this game. So for a game I'm not necessarily uh, saying I love that much, that that's incredible because that's about the same amount of time I put into uh, Mass Effect. Yeah. <laughs> Which is With its uh, gay sexual content. Oh, God. But, um, yeah, Are we going to talk about that? Because um, that's kind of worth just chewing over. I mean, it's old news now, isn't it? Yeah, okay. I'd, let me just finish Burnout yeah, first. Yeah, okay. Um, I still I still stand by a lot of the stuff I said in review. It's maybe slightly less annoying now because the further on you get on your career, um, the kind of the races that you end up doing, they end up getting ticked off the map, and so there's slightly less backtracking here, there, and you end up. I mean, now I'm like 60 hours into the game. I know the city like the back of my hand, and I, I don't no longer need to use the uh, the map to guide myself around. So I can see where they were going, and I can see why the Burnout series see works like it. But, more importantly. Well, yeah, exactly. But um, I, yeah, I, I, I am enjoying it. I still say it's a four out of five. I still don't think it's perfect, but um, it's held my interest for sixty hours. And quite frankly, there ain't many games, certainly racing games, that have the ability to do that. Um, but like as I said before, when it's good, it's fantastic. The oh, brilliant! When you have got the speed, when you've got a car that's going. Well, I've got a Formula One car now, and when that's going breakneck speed for the city, you're know, literally dodging people by millimeters. It's it's fantastic, but unfortunately, when you do crash and you lose a race, or uh, 
a stunt run or something like that, you just want to throw the pad through the TV screen. Yeah, I Which find that like driving my Formula One car through a major city. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm still loving that. I, I do love it, but it's it's still got its problems. I um, I'm oh, about two two to three hours away from completing the whole game, so it's at last. But uh, yeah, apart from that, so that's been pretty much my week. I haven't seen too much on TV or even I saw Michael Clayton, um, which uh, was okay. So. I think we should probably do, do a full review once I've seen Michael Clayton, so that, you know, I mean, even though Paul hasn't seen it for a while, just so we can properly uh, talk about it, because I, I, I do want to see it before the uh, Oscars finish, but uh, there you go. Well, at least they're going ahead now. That's the other big news thing, isn't it? Because <laughs> the writer's strike finally finished. Really? Oh, yes. brilliant. Okay, then we'll Sign have, the agreement. We today. will check up on what all of that was about and do a proper writer's strike episode. Mm, was it 11 weeks or something like that? <laughs> Bloody weeks. Ugh. Anyway, right, okay, so... That's that, yep. Yo. Stuff you did this week. Uh, uh, so apart from Robin, um well, yes, uh, Friday night was a rather sad, sad tale of woe for me. After uh-huh. ten months, uh, my guitar <laughs> hero 2 game save, rest <laughs> in peace. Oh... Uh, word itself. of warning to those of you, those listeners out there with Guitar Hero 2, very, think very carefully if you're planning to use the manage band option. Never the, manage uh, your band. Edit, Don't be a band manager. Edit, uh, edit the name of or delete a band you may have opened, <laughs> say, for example, to uh, get the, f- uh, the fashion thingy achievement award. Not yeah. that I did, that's what I did. But fashion play. Yeah. Fashion play. Ugh, ten points, that, that, that was... Uh, Right, anyway, so I decided I'll have a clear-out on the Thursday night. I'll have a clear-out of that lot. Yeah, wonderful, marvellous. Uh, go load up the game Friday evening when I get home from work. Boom, uh, it won't load. Freezes. And I subsequently discover, uh, through a bit of research on the net, that this is a known problem that apparently still hasn't been fixed. Yeah, after so, nearly a year of it being out. Yeah, so known problem, it was a problem that happened to me. <laughs> Precisely. Although did, I didn't actually know why it, why that it happened to you. If I'd have known that was the reason, then I wouldn't have ever done it. But, uh, yeah, so suffice to say, uh, that's, that's ten months' work down the drain. From the ashes, of just course, finished come, hard. I had yes. From I'm the ashes, start. of course, comes my. I, I've actually started re, replaying. Uh, actually, I've just all I've done is really start on hard. I can't be bothered with easy and medium at the minute. I'll, I'll go back and do them eventually, but uh, I want to try and at least do hard. I, I actually have got to the point now where I'm. I got past carry me home um, yet last night, so I'm. I'm back. Basically, I've just got the five. The five. The five songs to go. Um, uh, you know, including Freebird. So, which I, which I did, I did all before without, it was Carry Me Home was a real, the one, the real sticking point for many months for me. So I can at least finish that off. In fact, I've improved, you know, some of my scores quite considerably. Things like five starring Sweet Child of Mine and, uh, even Last Child I've managed to five star somehow. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just, you know, uh, from the ashes of this, as you might imagine, rather devastating. It may, it may, but rather a dampener on curry night on Friday night. I was a bit pissed off, but oh man! In the end, in the Nothing end, worse than damp curry. Well, yeah, in the end, <laughs> I, it doesn't matter. So uh, at least it didn't muck up your scoreboard. So that's no, no, it didn't muck up that. So at least I've got all that, all that, all that. It just take a, a bit of time to get back up to uh, mm. you know the got all the, the achievements at least. I got all the achievements, yeah. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plow, continue to plow forward. It just, just. 
not using ever using the manage band option ever again. Ever be uh, David Geffen or various so um, so yes. So that's that was that was uh, that was my week, and basically that's pretty much all I've been doing. Every time I got an invite to something, you know, Call of Duty Four or Halo Three from Jamba or whatever, I apologise, Jamba. I'm sorry, but I was just I was just in you know on a roll with it. You know how it is. You know, <laughs> you, you're just in the middle of uh, something or the other, and you just I just thought I just got to keep keep ploughing on with this. So uh, if I don't if I get sidetracked, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> Sad, sad times. Yeah. I did get well, to play co-op with uh, Tom as well. Took co-op Guitar Hero 3 with Tom for a oh, um, So, which he's, he seems to be, uh, I think, improving at. Initially, he was a bit, uh, I think he was a bit all over the place on it, but uh, I think he's, uh, he's obviously improved. In, in, even in a few days, he's radically improved. So Good choice of game then, Tom. Well, then. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. We had a good time. I had a good time playing, actually. So, oh, I updated my PSP, and now I've got Skype on it. So I was going to do uh, do this show from it, but it, <laughs> apparently it lags like shit, so I, I maybe I'll avoid that. It would be nice to do just like a little... Maybe laugh. Like yeah, reveal at the end. <laughs> yeah, you sounded like crap the whole way through. Why is that? Well, cause uh, well I can tell you now. It's just a well, I logged into it and I could actually see all my uh, my contact list, so I could actually make a phone call, but, uh, you know... Yeah. We have these things that are, I don't know. They're, they're, they're very similar to PSPs, but they're slightly smaller and they're much better for making phone calls. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's I have a PC to do Skype from, so why do I need it on the PSP? Yeah, but Skype is free. Once again, it's a, a Sony. It's like, well, it, it's nice and it's it's cool that your technology can do it. Uh, can, can we have God of War: Chains of Olympus now, please? No, yes. there will oh, be no you know. God of War: Chains of Olympus. <laughs> Stop giving us. Can I, pe- can I have more songs on the Sting Store, please? Yeah. <laughs> that kind no, of thing. Luna, we have three hundred <laughs> songs, but you can't have them. Yes, <laughs> we're just going to sit on them. We're singing them back here at Sony. It's Hanks. the same place that um, Home went. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be out. Uh, ironically, ironically, they're both developed by SingStar and Home are developed by the same London yeah. studio, ironically. I should go down their offices and just go knock on the door and say, look, guys, can I have them, please? Can <laughs> 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 you give them to me? Okay. No, I'll get credit where credit's due. They're at least working on it. So. Anyway, yeah, moving on. <laughs> they say allegedly they are. Um, uh, similar to Paul, I've been sort of uh, turning down invites left, right and centre because I've started using my 360 as a DVD player because um, I, I do love my Oppo uh, as far as... It, upscaling goes but um the fact that the uh the xbox remembers where the um dvd was whenever i turn it on is brilliant i love that um, you can always turn uh, turn the invites off well yeah i know but i like to feel that i'm being invited <laughs> <laughs> um, i want to feel wanted i'm just going to shun you nice yeah <laughs> okay uh, but I've also been playing... That's a good DVD player. I'm, I'm, I can only speak from ours. I mean, it upscales in 1080p over HDMI, and I tell you what, it just, it looks incredible. Some of the time, some of the, the stuff that Liz is watching on there, I'm like, my god, sure that's not an HD DVD on occasion. Yeah, Sharon was watching, uh, Quantum Leap on, uh, HD DVD, and, and that was, sorry, on regular DVD, and I was like, what's HD DVD? Oh, it's not an HD DVD, so yeah. yeah. Mm. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, I've also been playing a lot of Warcraft, as usual. Oh, I've done so much that I'm going to have to really just jump through it. Um, started watching Torchwood. I find it a slightly disturbing show because it's Russell T. Davis. And he's taken a beloved character from uh, the uh, existing Doctor Who show, um, Jack uh, Harkness, from the end of Series 1, and put him into a Welsh-based sort of X-Files-style um, paranormal <laughs> investigation. Yeah, Cardiff-based X-Files. Um, and it's really sort of... 
it's got lots of sex and violence in it, uh, and it's uh, supposed to be more mature than Doctor Who, but in the first couple of episodes, I'm still waiting to have my mind blown by any kind of concept that would prove it to be more adult in theme than Doctor Who, a show ostensibly for kids. So, uh, Torchwood not really lighting my fire. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. I uh, also saw the film Magicians, uh, from the, uh, writers, directors, and stars of Peep Show. It's shit. Um, <laughs> Paul was right last year. He said it was one of his worst films of the year. And yes. Waste of everybody's time. Oh, I, I understand why you would want to make a sort of a parody of, uh, um, the magician type. Well, the, the prestige. It might have been like completely involuntary. They might have not even known that the prestige was coming out because they were made about the same time. But if you're going to make a comedy, it's well important to put some jokes in it. Um, <laughs> 101. Yeah. Been watching Lost Series 3 again. But from the first shot from the third series, I was absolutely gripped again. I was like, oh, God, I love Lost again. And that was, it's been brilliant so far. And there's been, like, one scene that's now burned into my brain and like, carved into my spank book as, uh, well, <laughs> like, possibly horniest scenes in TV ever. So, uh, Who does yeah. it involve? I will not say, but it involves... It involves some of the hottest stars of Lost. Getting it <laughs> off. Well, at least two. It's two, but it's a it's a coupling you've been waiting for for ages. But anyway, right. So, uh, also saw a bit of American Dad series two. That's good. Um, the Office, the American version. What did you think of that, Tony? I lent that to you. Yes, you're gonna say, aren't you? you? When did you lend it to me? You never I, lent yeah, it. I did. You never saw it. The uh, it was lot, lot of, uh, the Office series one, the American version. I know, we, I know you brought it around we saw the pilot together, but I think you took it back with you. Probably. I, I'm so sure I've seen the pilot. The pilot, was, the pilot was very, very funny. Yeah, it's, it's great. It, it actually made me belly laugh over and over again. They've, they've started, by series two, they started to get into their own little... Um, they're not just doing uh, the British version of The Office. They're, they've got their own uh, style to them. And there's like little flashes and shots that you know cut away from the action for like little visual jokes which they didn't do quite so much in the office and it's, it's beginning to sort of um, be a bit more individual and it's really good and I started to really by the uh, middle of the third episode I started to really feel sorry for uh, Michael Scott who, which I hadn't done before in the whole first series um, played by Steve Carell and uh, Rain Wilson is brilliant. He's possibly even better than Mackenzie Crook at playing Gareth. It was just seeing him for just a little bit in Juno was like, way. <laughs> so yeah, uh, played a bit of Res. Um, played Commanders Attack of the what are they called the Gergs, the Znergs. Doesn't really matter, does it? It's, yeah, it's on, the it, It's on Xbox Live. Um, I'm wondering if the makers of Advance Wars, uh, the uh, Game Boy game, might be sort of you know knocking on their doors and saying, "Guys, um, uh, just just a little thing. You, you've basically just copied our entire game wholesale, turned it into 3D, and called it your own." Yeah, this but then they, uh, uh, the maker of Square want the, their idea for Final Fantasy Tactics taken back from the Advance Wars. All oh, right, is that right? They're all much the same. It's just something I that's just the the grid-based combat system. Yeah, I suppose so. But it's it's, it's just it, I. <laughs> It was exactly the same, though. Well, that's not like, bad. If it's exactly the same, Advance Wars is fantastic. 
Well, I, I wandered up to the, the top bit with it. There was like a tower, and I just sort of stood, sat around what, thinking, well, where do I go now? And it was like, nothing would work. I couldn't click on the tower. I couldn't go anywhere else. I was like, I'm bored, off. Yeah, so, I got the same bit, and I went... Wasted opportunity. Uh, this isn't my type of game, so I, yeah. I can't really judge it, because I don't like that type of game. So. It's yeah. better than Tron. <laughs> yep, it's better than Tron. Um, I saw the trailer for Viking Battle for Asgard. <laughs> Toss. Um, Condemned 2 Bloodshot Paul did you play the original Condemned yes was that the one with the C word in it or was that um, the Uh, the suffering suffering. was Condemned 1 any good yeah Yeah. it was actually it was a good game yeah it was a launch game it was was one of the first ones to show off what the uh, the next gen systems were capable of and it was it was uh, all about the melee attacking. So it was you had a few guns, but it was about you know killing homeless people and, and whatnot. Had oh, really what really fun! <laughs> no, but it had a really interesting storyline. It was really quite dark. It was um, a surprise launch title. It did really, really well. Mm. And uh, seeing the trailer of Condemned Two, it yeah, you know, it looks like they've just done the the usual thing. They've added more violence and a bit probably more of a dumber storyline. It doesn't look like it's well, going to be that more much violence fun. and stupider. Hold me back. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, apparently it is very, very violent. Right. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that, that's not what's really going to plump about. Um, so bit- it is worth pointing out, by the way, yeah. that uh, despite that, uh, the, the violent content, uh, it has actually been given an 18 certificate by the British Board yeah. of Film Classification. Right. So. That's good. Unlike a certain other game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Frontline's Fuel of War, anyone seen that trailer yet? Yep. I've tried. Fun. <laughs> nice guns. Yeah, another shooter, isn't it? It's, we shall see. But has anyone not... It would, just run over those games again. Uh, Viking, colon, Battle for Asgard. Condemned 2, colon, Bloodshot. Frontlines, colon, Feel of War. I mean, d- Wick, colon, Fable of Souls. Conflict, colon, Denied Ops. Crimson Skies, colon, The High Road to Revenge. Far Cry, colon, Instincts, colon, Predator. How many... <laughs> it, has it become the thing now that every single sodding game that gets released has to have its title and then like a subtitle so that you can tell it apart from all the rest of them or something. Because cause if everyone has a subtitle, you can't tell them apart, because so it doesn't work. You quite often get it in games that um, have had, like, three or four in the series, yeah. and they just want to yeah. go, right, we're going to we're gonna take this series off in a new direction, and we don't really want to call it a four, we're going to code on it and Burn give out. it a Paradise, name. for example. I mean, the Conflict series, I think there's three other games in that series, so they've just, you know, they've obviously gone, boom, now we're going to name it something slightly different. Mm. Well, I understand that, that if it's had many iterations, but, um, I mean, Viking Battle for Asgard, why don't they just call it Viking? Why don't they not just make it from the uh, <laughs> the video of that game? Well, actually, why don't they just make it, why don't they make not it at me. all, and why do they not make it good? So, uh, yeah. Um, other thing I've been doing, let's round this one up. Other thing I did, I saw a movie the other night, and, uh, well, you guys know what I saw. It was once, and we've all got to readjust our uh, best film of last year now, because, um... It's not the Bourne Ultimatum, it's Once. Um, we haven't got a readjust. <laughs> Ours was already Once, but, you know, yeah, majority I, I, of it. But the DC now vote for Once as the best film of 2007. Um, Tony's done a review of it. Uh, well, we'll put the, um, <laughs> the location of Ample, actually. You saw it ages ago, didn't you? You saw yes. it when it came out of the cinema. Yes. But uh, we'll put the location... I was Marco Polo. Yes, again. We'll put the locations of those episodes where there's like a review of them there, because I can't possibly do this justice in a few seconds, but absolutely incredible. Wonderful film. Can't say enough about it. So, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, It's out at the end of the month. Do rent it. Do buy it. And if it was was out tomorrow, 
Valentine's Day, that would be my suggestion for Valentine's Day. <laughs> a good shot. Yeah. But, um, but it's not. Atonement is. So get that instead. Um, <laughs> okay. Anything else? No, that wraps up for the week, I think. Okay, that's the week. Yep. Right, so, movies for kids. We don't notice any time pass. We don't notice anything. We sit side by side in every class. Teacher thinks that I sound funny, but she likes the way you sing. Tonight I'll dream while I'm in bed when silly thoughts go through my head. The bugs and alphabet. When I wake tomorrow, I'll bet that you and I will walk together again. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Okay, first off, should we like ground this by talking about well? <laughs> This first came up when we've been talking about what's a good kids film for many, many months now. Um, but I think we need to really sort of hammer it down and just make it clear to anyone who's got kids already, thinking about having kids, or knows someone who's got kids, what to suggest, what not to suggest, and basically you know, things to look out for on both sides, basically. What's good, what's bad. So should we just do the bad stuff first? <laughs> what and, if, if we know you want to yeah I, I want to because anything uh, in this list that is in a kids film I mean just on its own one of them you might be able to forgive but if it's more than one beware <laughs> so uh, first off you got the list in front of you haven't you guys yep yep okay following a trend <laughs> right <laughs> since Pixar there's been uh, this, this massive outbreak of CGI animal films I've talked about them for ages before it's got to stop <laughs> stop it now because if if everyone is trying to be like everyone else especially if everyone's trying to be like the ones who are successful but aren't prepared to put in the work all you're going to get is crap so um, I, I think that if Surf's Up wins the best um, it's not going to but if it did win the best <laughs> Oscar for animated film uh, then it would send a message out to the people who are making all of these bug-eyed animal films that hey you know you don't even have to really make an effort just do it and you'll, you'll get Oscars anyway um, so, you know, anyone trying to do something different, like, say, the makers of Beowulf, let's admit it, shall we, Tony? Man? How many other sort of slightly adult CGI uh, animated films came out? I, I, I applaud, yeah, yeah, the technique, and I applaud something like Scanner Dark and, and stuff, but that, that's not really what we're talking about for uh, kids' films. No, not for kids, it's, it's not a kids' film, but the point is that, it, as far as animation goes, all that's being said, uh, said is that keep making these same, same stupid barnyard-type films, They'll, they'll get money. So moving on from that, because it's been said. Um, stars build over story. If it says in massive writing, you know, Eddie Murphy, it's probably going to be crap. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, you know, if you remember the, the original ad campaign for Shrek, it, it had like um, Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Jonathan Lithgow, Cameron Diaz, and it was like a new thing. People were like, oh, stars, real stars in an animated film. Interesting. And then that became the trend. So go back to rule number one. Start, put it on this. Any uh, film with extreme, which is extremely good, but happens to have nobody in it, is going to be extremely good anyway. You whack um, stars in there just to sell the damn thing. It's not going to make it better as a default. It might be that it's an excellent film which happens to have extremely good stars in it. The Lion King, for example, tons of stars in that, but they won't build over the story. Agree? 
Yeah, I, I, I highlighted, was it, um, a shark tail? What's the one with Will Smith? Shark tail, yeah. Yeah, shark. you know, it's just stuff like, like oh, great. Look, we've got Robert De Niro, we've got Martin Scorsese, he'll be in it, and all the kids will love him. What? Yeah, mm. so constant, like, Godfather references for the adults, and, like, falling over and hitting yourself in the face references for the kids. It is, ugh. But, uh, but the stars, Jack Black, Will Smith, when is Elga, Angelina Jolie. Was it? But they're in, uh, Beowulf. Yeah. <laughs> so did I. Um, but, I mean, I was up against, uh, Finding Nemo. I mean, how many stars can you men- mention from that? I mean, Jeffrey Rush is in it, but you wouldn't know it. Once again, um, though. It's isn't Alison, isn't Alison Janney in it? Yeah, Alison yeah, Janney has a small role in it, but it's, it's not like, people weren't like, hey, you're gonna go see that new Alison Janney film? <laughs> and if they were, they were cool. Right. Okay. It's like when Toy Story came out and they were going, Tim Allen. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Live action version of a kid's cartoon. Inspector Gadget. Anything like that. Get rid of them. Stop doing them. They're rubbish. Nickelodeon having anything to do with it. Nickelodeon are incapable of producing a decent movie. They shouldn't be allowed anymore. They're, they're poisoning our kids' mind with their inane claptrap. SpongeBob SquarePants should be off our screens. Agree? No? Ever seen a decent Nickelodeon film? I'm trying to wrap my brain, but no, probably not. Yeah. So speaking yeah the, the sad thing of all this is, I mean, obviously we all rail against them now, but the, I think I'd love to see the fact that any of them they ever go on to lose money. I think they probably all go on to make money. Of course they do. Which is just, uh, but it costs a lot to make an animated film, and it's, it's like why they won't stop though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, stupid main characters. If you're an adult, like the talking sponge who wears trousers, if it looks stupid to you, <laughs> it's probably going to be just pandering to your idiot child. So, uh, well, <laughs> sorry, your nice. child isn't an idiot. If you're listening to this, your child is smart. We love you. We love your child, but um, it's going to be a, uh, pandering to what the movie execs believe is an idiot that you have for a child and that you're an idiot for buying this shit as well. So don't pay them the money. Vote with your wallet. Stop doing this stuff. Um, lots of falling over in the trailer. It's not a good thing, okay? <laughs> All right, what's a film with lots of falling over in it that's good? Moving that on. one? Um, <laughs> no. No. Okay. Bad reviews. Now, a lot of people I speak to go, oh, I don't listen to reviews. Why not? These guys are paid to tell you if a film's good or not. Now, not all reviews are going to be any good. Obviously, the person who said that uh, Run, Fat Boy Run was the funniest film of the year was <laughs> wrong. Um, but, uh, but ultimately, if across the board all the reviews are going, Chicken Little, God, there's nothing in it for adults. It's just kids' stuff and it's toss. Listen to them. Don't waste your money. It's a lot of money. It's half term this week, so uh, yeah, that that makes this even more relevant. I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, which which is true because I mean, ultimately, we're saying you're going to be taking your kid. It's you and your kid, and maybe you got two kids, or maybe you're taking and their friends. friends. Don't forget that. <laughs> and suddenly you're looking at like a, a fifty pound trip out to the cinema, and you don't want to be sitting there watching a bad film. <laughs> I mean, this is how you stop it. I mean, we, we'll moan and, and curse at these stupid films that keep coming up, but every time. That, a family goes to see this stuff, then the film sex goes, well, there's not a problem because we're making money. Stop seeing them. Let's stop making them. And, you know, if you support stuff like Ratatouille, mm. or let's just say everything Pixar does and stuff like Monster House and The Iron Giant and whatnot like that, then, God forbid, we may actually get some uh, the equivalent stuff over and over again rather than, you know, once in a, a blue moon or whenever Pixar decide they're going to rear their head every year and a yeah. half. It's it's becoming every year now, which is good. I'm I'm really loving the fact that Pixar are becoming prolific. 
Um, but yeah, wouldn't it be amazing if there were only four or five animated films a year and they were all excellent? Oh, okay, right. Um, uh, what's that available at the moment for the kids to see in the cinema? Is it just The Water Horse? The Water uh, Horse, Mystery so, of yeah. the Deep, which looks alright. I mean, it's Walden Media again, so... Okay. Okay. Um, if you've never heard of it, and some internet research does not bring up any good reviews, for example, something like Boozino and the Snurks, which I'd never heard, <laughs> turned out to be some sort of weird Danish cartoon or something like that, animated, which was absolute fucking rubbish. I walked out of it. I don't walk out of any films, but for God's sake, this was really awful. Um, the presence of any of these pe- people in a film aimed at kids, with a few notable exceptions in brackets, Eddie Murphy. Notable exceptions being Shrek 1 and Mulan. Anything else Eddie Murphy's ever in, like Daddy Daycare and all that crap. Hang on, was he in that one? Uh, yes, he was. Yes. Yeah, the first one, he wasn't in the sequel. Uh, that, that, the sequel was the one that's directed by Fred Savage, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to add one to this <laughs> list. Um, Steve Martin. If he's in a kid's film, avoid. Well, Steve yes. Father Dozen. That's not a comedy. That's that's scary. That's really, you know, that's... Shouldn't be doing that. Uh, Cooper Gooding Jr. He's never been in anything good at all apart from Jerry Maguire. Um, and he got his Oscars, so he's set. Yeah. My sister, by the way, saw him the other week. Uh, uh, Matthew Bright. She, she was thinking about going over and yelling, show me the money at him. I, I, was, I wanted to be there like Father Dougal and say, oh yeah, go over there and say that. I, he'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Broderick, if he's in it, avoid. Bruce Willis, has he ever been in a good kids film? I'm thinking North here. Uh. Nope, there you go. Uh, Billy (laughs) Billy Crystal, and I've got to say it, Robin Williams. (laughs) Hudson Hawk is not a good kids film. I've got to say it, Billy Crystal and Robin Williams, apart from Aladdin 1. Because Robin Williams is fucking awful, I've got to say. Um, especially his moist-eyed camera hogging. Patch Adams. Patch Adams. Bicentennial Man. Jack. Ugh. Ugh. brought us Flubber. And also Jack. (laughs) Flubber. No, that was Francis Ford. Francis Ford, I meant to say Coppola. (laughs) Scorsese. Well, he's up there. Probably them. Godfather. Um, and Mm. uh, Goodfellas. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, either way, basically anything like that. Any other ones you want to add? Any sort of weird telltale signs that it's going to be a piece of shit? Live action or animated or, you know, just anything that's a kid's film that's going to be rubbish. Hmm. Nope. Can't think of any others. And so that's quite a big list we've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a minefield out there. Yeah, it's a minefield. If it looks rubbish, it probably is. That's a good one. Okay, right. So, with our last few minutes, let's just talk through uh, if, if dividing into various categories. Um, if, if, for example, you had kids tomorrow, dear listeners, and you were thinking, right, I need an indispensable guide of stuff to show them from now until they're about 13, and this would be it. This would be a list of movies, uh, examples of styles of movies, and literally a list of the best movies that you can show your kids. Presumably, you would, of course, have to wait for at least about three, four years before they're actually able to even comprehend the, the films in question, presumably. Is that right? I, pre- I would presume so, yeah. They like pretty okay. colours for two years. Yeah, I mean... It's Anything that moves on screen... If they're, like, not, ah, shit- if they're not shitting their, <laughs> shitting in their nappies all the time, then uh, they've all, they're, they're just uh, they're, they're looking at the Teletubbies going, whoa, colours, etc. Okay, I mean, uh, never showing any kids that I have Teletubbies. Have you watched that crap? 
Or in Quantum Film's uh, case, uh, his kids are buying extra themes that he didn't realise they were doing as they were playing with Quantum the Field the has kids? Yeah. Hello, Quantum. Didn't know Little that about Taron. you. Little Taron. He's fantastic. How old is he? Great looking. I, oh, no, I'm going to get this wrong. But I'm going to say he's around two to three. Okay, right. Quantum and Taron, this is for you. <laughs> This whole episode is dedicated to you guys, because this is, this is for your growth of your children, Quantum. Pay attention. Right. <laughs> so, number one, little kids. This is basically town here. Basically stuff for tiny children who don't know much about anything yet. This is the stuff that's going to shape kids. Now, you ask the average parent on the street, what do you show little kids? What's the one word, the one studio they're going to say immediately? Disney. Disney. Basically, why is that? We can have a massive podcast about that one concept. Why is it that Disney, over decades now, has provided us with such high-quality entertainment where all other studios have, have never really cemented themselves? I think, I think there's a, a fairly easy answer for that because, uh, you know, kids' entertainment for quite a few years, certainly when you came to films, were considered just to be cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Disney, quite frankly, were the only ones doing that in the cinema. Certainly within the, the kind of states in Europe. Well, obviously, in, in Japan, there's a whole different culture of yeah. that stuff. But, um, you know... It's all watched three by three eyes. And what was the first Disney film? Uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. I think they were pretty much... Maybe the, the opposite section here and there, but they were pretty much the ones just doing that for, I guess, for the next 20 years. I'm trying to think of, like, the first start, sort of films that started coming out that were not Disney that uh, could possibly challenge them. I mean, I've, there weren't many, I've got to say. Lord of the Rings, the original Bakshi version, I mean, it wasn't exactly high profile, but um, it was quite popular, if you remember. Hey, uh, yes. <laughs> they went Yeah, it is rubbish, but uh, they went unchallenged for many, many years. And um, it, I think it was basically DreamWorks who came along and said, Oi! <laughs> and uh, Fox had a stab at it, and... Uh, what, remember Anastasia? Uh, oh, yes. I mean, there, were, there were many sort of other studios trying their hand at animation. They, they could never get it right. But with the advent of uh, 3D animation, it became much cheaper and quicker, and people started paying money to go see crap like Madagascar, and it exploded outwards, creating this massive sort of hole in the market, where, which Disney have struggled to fill, I've got to say. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the first uh, thing, little kids, this is for uh, Quentin and his kids. So we're talking things like A Bug's Life, The Jungle Book, The Lion King, you know, especially for girls, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, all of the Disney classics, pretty much, if you, if you cannot go wrong getting pretty much the entire back catalogue of Disney, the costume. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, I mean, you know, join a rental service. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm already part of, I'm part of uh, Love Film, so I'm going to, you know, when I have kids, just rent every single Disney film back to back and uh, you know. <laughs> but it's worth it I mean they're, they're, they're harmless they, they teach kids a lot what they need to know certainly within the early years mm. um, you know about friends and, and family and doing the right thing I mean some of them say maybe they're a bit too sickly but they were aimed at a generation of kids a lot of films just don't generally do that now they, they have to have this kind of knowing knowing tale and the wink yeah. towards the, the adult audience yeah. which there's nothing wrong with that, and, and you know, in fact, when Pixar certainly do it right, a lot of their stuff is far greater than anything Disney was doing, you know, back in the day when it was just following the totally. routine of just straight for kids. But there's there's just an innocent about a lot of their back catalogue that I don't think anyone can really um, 
recreate now, if even if they wanted to try to. I think you know the world's moved on, and you know Disney were doing that stuff for like, what a good thirty to forty years. So there's just a ton of films there. I think will pretty much live on for Christ almost ever, from what I can see. Which you know kids will be watching over. And my, my I got two uh, nephews and. They are forever watching Disney stuff. It's just yeah. you go into the house and they've got an entire back catalogue of Disney stuff all piled up and they're always watching something. So, yeah, that, that's really what you, you're going to be doing for probably until they're about five or six. I you told me that great story about uh, how it was on the podcast. Uh, they were, you came in, they were watching Shrek or something, or Shrek 2, and they were running all over the place, fucking around. And it was like, you know, they, they had no idea what was going on. And mm. then you guys, your your uh, brother or something, put on uh, the Lion King, and they just sat down and watched it with rapt yeah, attention. Because yeah, I think I can't remember what it was, but it was just a, a rubbish kind of the normal kind of yeah. I think it might have been Shrek Two or something like that. Something and like just that. you know, you, you put on. They, it was just the Lion King, and they were just literally the yeah. story, the music, they were just glued to it. It was amazing. I just, it's something that I really hope Disney can get back again because they've lost it honestly in the past few years. Tarzan, I think, was the last absolutely breathtaking film that they'd done. Although I do like Lilo and, and Stitch. Um, but as well as uh, Disney stuff, um, I, there's, there's a couple of films which I think probably you could show to a kid like from about six-ish, maybe, which they'd probably be able to get their head around. I remember when I was very young, I saw Labyrinth. Adored it. Fantastic. To this day, I absolutely love that film. And so that's going to be one of mine to show the kids fairly early, just to get them used to fantasy. Stuff like that. Mm. Um, any others, Paul? Uh, no, I think you pretty much covered them. <laughs> so, uh, anything by Disney in there? Uh, interestingly enough, nothing has come out since Disney started to uh, go, da- go down in, in quality um, for really young kids in the past, say, decade or so. It's all the old Disney stuff. I mean, that's interesting to think about, really. Well, you, you could talk about the Miyazaki films. I mean, it, certainly with the the newer updates, getting the obviously, I think it, maybe it's a bit too taxing for kids to be reading subtitles at the age, you know, from that age. But you're saying a two year old can't read the subtitles in Porco Rosso? <laughs> I think that there's well, I think Porco Rosso is a bit too obviously far for them. But there's there's some, certainly some good stuff there, which you know, with the dub versions available now, I don't think will be you know Recommend there some. are a bit there are a bit maybe. Um, high concept one or two of them but some of them are really really just sweet and they don't necessarily always have to get what the film's saying to actually appreciate the characters that um, Miyazaki builds up because there are some fantastic ones right well, any specific ones with it the uh, value of the the castle in the sky for example well I mean yeah I mean I would say that but even something My like Spirit, of you know even something like Spirit of the Way obviously they you know they would never be able to understand what the film is saying but I think they would probably uh would fall in love with the main gal in that. They'd probably like her character. The hero. Um, Sen. Yeah. I, anyway. Yeah, I think actually I, I would probably show them that about the same time as Labyrinth, but it's going to have to be a case of, right, this is going to be like, uh, this is a big thing, so you've got to you know, pay attention to this one. No running around and sh- shouting and stuff. And if they start to do that, it goes off. So, moving on to the next category, we're talking about kids' classics here. Anything widely regarded as classic kids' entertainment from, say, five till... Well, basically, up to, like, ten, you've got these years to make sure that they've seen these to make sure that you give them a decent education in quality films and make sure that they've seen the classics when they're the right age. So, for example, ask any young lad our age, in their <laughs> nearing the end of their thirties, they'll tell you the Goonies. Agreed? 
Is that maybe for older kids? Because it is sort of a coming of age thing. Uh, I I think maybe, and it's, well, it's 12 now, isn't it? It does have an attempted hanging. Hanging, yeah. (laughs) Sorts of things where I start, is it, I mean, to be honest with you, some of this I would, I would say that I'd, I'd I'd be a little bit wary about showing, well, at least in that, in that, that cut of the movie to, uh, Someone, you know, a kid mm. between the age of five and ten, I would maybe be a little wary, wary of that. But hey, certainly the later end of that scale. I guess that's just me. <laughs> okay, this is more sort of the later end of the scale. But if you have an extremely advanced kid of around five years old who's like Haley Joel Osment in The Sixth Sense, then obviously, yeah, do show him the goons. <laughs> um, it'll traumatise the poor little dear. Okay, Star Wars. No one can deny that. Come on, Star Wars. How old would you have to be to watch Star Wars? I think I was like three. Yeah, I think everybody watches Star Wars, even if they don't understand what the hell's going on. They just love the idea of uh, laser blasters and lightsabers. So. Totally. The, these are the original trilogy, basically. If you really want to show them the prequel trilogy, if you are that cruel, then <laughs> wait for a bit till they can understand. Do it the when whole, they're a bit older, so, and yeah. so they can understand why it's rubbish. Although I will say, um, if I when I do show my kids uh, these, uh, and they will be a little bit older, possibly, uh, I'm going to show them in this order. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, that way you get the first two of the absolutely awesome films, uh, and then you get the revelation at the end of Empire about Darth Vader. Then, episode one, two, and three, so you can get them out of the way, and then finish the whole thing off with Jedi, because, you know, it, it, it kind of makes the most sense to follow three with Jedi, because it, it leads on almost directly from that. Um, Basically, because otherwise, they've got to watch the uh, trilo- the prequel trilogy first, which is a really awful way to show them that, because they'll be bored out of their minds by the time they get to the, the quality ones, or you've got to show them the quality ones, and then there's a massive dip in quality, and it's never going to come back up again. So, well, um, we had to suffer like that, so they should bloody well suffer. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't inflict that on them. They'll never have to watch one or two more than once. But the it'll end be, of... It would actually be more like, you know, they get to, like, 13, and they go, Dad, why did you never tell me there was three other Star Wars films made? Because there wasn't, son. There wasn't. It didn't happen. (laughs) Right. um, (laughs) Flight of the Navigator. I loved that when I was a kid. And uh, along with um, Back to the Future, it really sort of gave me an understanding of time travel, and it made me think fourth-dimensionally. Thank you, Doc Brown. Is that about okay for kids? I mean, I suppose it's got Yeah, Flight of the Navigator is fine. Oh, I just thought of one. Maybe yeah, this, yeah. yeah, this is a bit off, uh, off the cuff. Um, Inner Space. Yeah, that, oh, brilliant. Yeah, love that. Watched that a lot when I was a kid. I remember seeing that as a lot as a kid and really loving that. <laughs> That's great. Um, I can't remember. I haven't seen The Explorers in bloody ages, but I seem to remember that was quite good. Anyway, um, Princess Bride. Everyone loves The Princess Bride. Um, best yeah. to show them the, the mitts quite early so they don't go the sets are really quite poorly constructed in this film <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean 1 don't bother with the second two um, Narnia again don't bother till they're older I'd say really? on that one yeah. yes it's a 12 man it's, really? it's got it, it's, yeah it's would you not I'm... show this to a 10 year old no not, I think no not really ok well let's knock that down to the next one then uh, Narnia all right for kids? Yeah, that's fine. I'll take you the moral barometer on this one, Paul. Um, Superman, the original Superman, not the Returns version. No yeah, stabbing, that one. That would be fine. Yep. Ghostbusters, I saw that one when I was four in the cinema. Didn't do me any harm. Absolutely loved it. Favourite film ever when I was a kid, and it was my first film in the cinema. So. What is it rated now? It's a PG. PG. Right. Always was. 
<laughs> okay, now it's just a nine. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Harry Potter. Now, what's the first one? A PG? Yes. Yeah. And the most recent one, 12? 12. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's going to go much above 12. The problem with Harry no, Potter... <laughs> the problem with Potter is that the first one is quite acceptable to show to fairly young kids. You can show it to like an eight or nine-year-old, I think. Couldn't you? Yes. It's, it's got some scary... The first three are PGs, the, yeah. the last two are 12s. But then that, that's the problem. Do you go, right, kids, that was all you, the Harry Potter you're going to see for, ooh, uh, three years now? Mm. Uh, I say maybe a, a bit... One. A better angle would go is to get them to read the books one by one and then maybe follow up the film so at least they kind of have an understanding yeah. of the story is going yeah, to entail con- and maybe but not. It, they have yeah. the context so that it's not, it's not a total shock, uh, yeah, to the system. I mean, maybe. Die. I mean, after all, I mean, these, these films are, you know, with a 12A and all that, you know, the onus is then on the, on the parents. I, I, I still would be uncomfortable with, uh, you know, uh, someone, uh, you know, five to ten, okay, maybe the upper end of the five to ten scale. You'd probably get away with the pirates and the later Harry Potter movies, maybe. Yeah. But um, I suppose, it, as with all of these things, it depends on how developed your yeah. you know, child is. I mean, obviously, you probably work it out. You know, sensitive a child at ten years old with a sensitive disposition, hmm. it probably wouldn't be a very good idea to show them Pirates of the Caribbean or the, you know. Yeah. But ultimately, the, the, this is this is ultimately it's the parent. The parents <laughs> are the ones who really know would know uh, what their kids are, what their kids are capable. You know what they think their kids can can deal with um, and so they have to make a, a judgement call on that yeah so um, don't use the, any use the BBFC's website uh, <laughs> it's, they're very, it's very good and has a lot of a lot of information about this kind of thing so uh, Agreed. links in the show notes but yeah the emphasis should be on the parent you know once, once again you know, the 12 there is the guidance and I, you know, obviously I think if you're looking at something like 15 mm-hmm. then yeah, that's a fairly unless no. you're really sure that your, your kid understands exactly what this film is going to be entirely but um, you know, 12A. I still see even with the 12A. I'm still kind edging on the side of caution as well. It's 12A, so really, yeah. remember Spider-Man and Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man Two was a PG, and yeah. I consider more intense than one. Yeah, uh, so, no. But, but you say that Spider-Man, you no, were arguing that that was that's was quite strong. And there's certain kids. I remember seeing it. The, the first Spider-Man film it has, yeah, it is quite violent. <laughs> I think that's mm. more to do with. There are some intense bits in Spider-Man too, but um, depending on in the in, within the context of, uh, of the, well, a particular sequ- one particular sequence, it's, it's you mm. know, it's all right. I think it's, it's it's borderline, but I think it's it's still all right. Although it did interestingly it did get up to a 12A for its IMAX release because <laughs> it's so huge and the chainsaws anyway. precisely indeed um, it does present an interesting quandary that you'd have to show your kids Spider-Man 2 and then wait a year or two and then show them Spider-Man 1 and 3 <laughs> or not 3 at all and just go yeah that just ended they got married that's it once again Dan why didn't you tell me there was a third Spider-Man <laughs> oh there, there wasn't it didn't happen <laughs> right no. um, that is a genuine danger with it with me actually <laughs> I might just disavow so many of these fucking rubbish movies. Um, by the way, like I say, please don't write us in a letter saying, I showed pirates to my seven-year-old kid and now he's traumatised and has nightmares because of you. Um, like, like Paul says, it's, it's down to the parents, so you can tell if your kid's developed or not. Okay, so any others in the uh, cla- kids' classics category before they start getting a bit older? You put Superman down there as well. Yeah. That's about it, really. I'll, I'll, if I think of any more, I'll, I'll add them in there. Um, okay, smarter films for slightly older kids. Okay, this 
basically, when, when kids start to g- grasp bigger subjects, this is when you start showing them these ones. Uh, there's a lot of ones in here which I'm sure Paul's going to veto. Yes. Uh, and, and rightly so. Uh, now that I yes. look at them, I'm thinking, what was I thinking? <laughs> but, um, yes, we'll get, we'll get to those as uh, we go. Right, let's, let's do that, right, shall we? Um, so basically, yeah, this is from like eight or nine onwards, and they're starting to learn about life a bit more. Okay, so, Bridge to Terabithia, we mentioned it last year. It's fucking brilliant. It'll teach your children about death, and it's, 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 I'd consider it downright essential. It's handled, it's handled in a way, the, the, um, the sequences involving that are handled in a, in a sensitive way. I mean, a very, very sensitive, uh, children might be distressed by it, but, mm. um, I think it's, uh, I think it, it's, dis- it's discreetly handled and, uh, it, as again, in the context of the, the film, it, it's, it's, it's the way, the way, the way the storyline, uh, the way the film is, is, is done is, is I think perfectly suitable for I, I think it comes with a, a kind of emphasis that I think really if you're going to be it's not the kind of film you just plonk your kids down in front of the TV and yeah. then bugger off in the kitchen make your dinner it's, you should do it or watch it's the kind of film you're going to be sitting there watching it with your kids so maybe they can discuss the issues at hand rather than totally <laughs> in fact I would recommend you do that with every single one of the films on this list don't just let them watch it just you. if you're not watching it you're robbing yourself of a high quality experience seeing your <laughs> child watch that film for the first time so what you're thinking your I mean, dinner's most, not that important. So. Most kids get used to the get used to the concept of death through you know having a, a family pet or something like that. Uh, whereas if you don't have a family pet, this might be an alternative. How did you get used to it, Paul? Uh, I, I went to a funeral when I was seven. I think that was about the first time I really comprehended it. decided he would kill hamsters instead. Shut up. Right, so, <laughs> speaking of being monstrous... I'm in the air like balls. Shut up. Monster House. <laughs> I deny everything. Monster House. Brilliant. Lovely film. Yeah. Coming of age one again, so I think it's maybe for the tail end of uh, yeah. their, uh, their their childhood. So it's it's it looks like it's it's going to be sort of more of a sort of a big head shouty movie, but it's it's quite scary at times. And it's sort of it's about the last days of uh, a couple of kids' childhood before they suddenly start to have to grow up a bit. And it's really really good. Totally underrated. Uh, great film. Um, Little Manhattan, another yep. Josh Hutcherson thing. I think that's really good to teach kids about love yeah that, that again that, that whole in fact it, it, again it's one of those films that probably would make sense for the whole family to sit down and watch it yeah charming it will bring some rather embarrassing memories to uh, the adults as well so. <laughs> it's not just love though it, it sort of does sort of show a child a model of a relationship that they could possibly consider at a later date um, as opposed to just the fact that for a lot of us the opposite sex are fucking mystifying for many many years I think uh, Little Manhattan does a really good job of, of demystifying both boys and girls to boys and girls, but not in a really... Uh, it's, it's an extremely innocent way of doing it, so uh, yeah. very, uh, very recommended that one. Um, the next one. Paul, do you want to take this one? Yeah, The Iron Giant. Fucking yes. brilliant. Just, uh... <laughs> just, just, yes. See, also, yeah. Bridge to Terabithia, just uh, to teach a child about death and understanding. And yeah, I mean every, I mean it's one of those films that I just, um, I just, well, I can't, I can't. It's basically my favourite animated film, and I can't, I can't recommend it highly. I think it would be, again, really sensitive children might find the the, the, the final sequences in the film uh, a bit disturbing, maybe a, a little bit intense, but particularly if it was seen on a big screen. Mm. But uh, for most most kids, it, it would be perfectly fine. Oh, I wish I could take my kids to see this in a cinema. So, oh, what, what would it be, like a 20-year anniversary, maybe? <laughs> God. 
it's ages from now. It's uh, yeah. anyway. just install big screen into your. Uh, your yeah, home. that's yeah, a good idea. Get a big telly. <laughs> but I love the fact. Was this in like um, a, a triple pack with Scooby Doo and Inspector Gadget? <laughs> I seem to remember it was. Doesn't surprise me. Like, yeah, like so you. You've seen the first two, you get this thing and you give it to your kids. At the bottom of the barrel, they find this absolute gem better than all of the crap <laughs> your, your kids. So, yeah, that maybe a lot of kids saw this by accident. Okay, um, again, upper end of the scale, Stand By Me? No. No? No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> More of a teenage film, would you say? Uh, yeah, well, it's a 15, isn't it? Um, it I- is a 15, but it's... It's an unabashed and, and truthful look at teenage boys. And uh, I think no, when she gets to about 13, it's about right, I'd say. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's in that age. It's, it's kind of the upper end. It's, I'd say it's 13 plus. It's not patronising, which is very different to all the other uh, teenagers. I, I think it would depend on... I'd have to look at the... I think if, it's, if it was a PG-13 in the States, then I think I'd probably be less, less bothered with it. But well, you've also got, you got to think about... When I was... Eleven. I saw Predator. I saw RoboCop. Yeah, but you, you act. So did Tony. But that, that, that's not a good thing. <laughs> I think it is. Things. No, it's not. I really don't think it is. But um, uh, what was the first, just, the first eighteen that we, you saw? Oh God, I can't even remember. It was honestly, honestly, can't remember. Well, um, this is. I mean, this is a whole different topic here. I mean, I, I must admit, I saw Predator and I saw RoboCop. But it's obviously something that uh, you did when you were a teenager. I mean, these are the things that. It's something you. It's something that yeah, happens. It's something that happens when you're around your mate's house and they've nicked it from their dad's uh, DVD shelf or whatever. And that's part of growing up. I mean, we've all gone through it. Yeah, so, I, but, I you think know, for myself, I would feel very uncomfortable um, with um, uh, with showing it. Just you know, knowledge. You know, in the full knowledge of that happening. I mean, so, but in, so. and here's the point, isn't it? I, I'm not too sure. You know, if I had a kid sitting there, I'm just going to whip out a Robocop, stick, stick it on there and say, yeah, you should enjoy that. I watched it as a kid. And I think you can do that. But I think... Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that, that you should show your kids Robocop at 11. That, you know, people are... They're younger kids are watching this around their, you know, their mates' house and whatnot. I mean, I remember when I was 13, do you ever remember a TV series called Tour of Duty? Yeah, had call, uh, pit for, um, Pen in Black as the uh, theme yeah, tune. And, and basically that was... Every week, a, a TV show about the Vietnam War, and, and people had their arms and limbs blown off and chest blown open. It had some really, actually, very, very good storylines. And I used to sneak round um, my mate's house at the time uh, to go and watch that every week because his parents would always never to be out. So just be sitting there every week and watch it. it. Didn't do me any harm, but at the same time, I'm sure if my parents knew that's what I was doing, they would have a completely different uh, view in it. So I, I just I'm uncomfortable with saying, "Well, yeah, here, here we go, son, watch this." I don't think that's right, but yeah, to think that kids aren't going to be watching uh, violent films elsewhere is... It's only if they've got brothers. I'm blaming my brothers for everything, can't you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it didn't do you any harm. When I was young. God, I, was, I remember hiding behind the sofa when the, the thing with the, the walking thing on with guns were Ed on. 209. Jesus yeah. Christ. No, anyway. Right. Now, I've put Batman Begins here. Would you, again... I mean, that's a 12, isn't it? Yes. Is that all right for when they're 12? For when they're twelve, yeah. Eight, uh, but your list says eight, and nine, eight or nine. Okay, maybe maybe <laughs> wait then for that one. Again, 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 it's it, this is it's a it's a difficult one to judge. I say all kids are different. I mean, this is the thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you actually just take you 
conveniently skipped over Serenity, which I definitely wouldn't show. Uh, to, uh, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't know. <laughs> um, uh, Serenity just, is so good, though. It is. It, it is, is totally, totally awesome film. But I just think, again, it's a. It, even though it's a PG thirteen in the states, it's a, a bit. I think a bit too intense. I mean, right, I think rightly is a fifteen here. Yeah. I think it's just a bit too intense for. I think the things that make it. You know, you're, you can compare it against something like um, Star Wars, of course, which you know we've done in the past. But I, I just think it's a slightly more grown up film than that. And it, it certainly when you're talking with the Reaper, you know, the Reapers. Um, Reavers, Reavers. The Reavers. It's more, the yeah. violence is more, you know, the, the, the stabbings and whatnot. You know, it's not, it's just, um, although, again, it's People you know, get not exhaled. Yeah, it's not blood, it's not, you know, it's not a bloodbath or anything like that, but at the same time, I think it's a, I think it would be a bit much. I, d- I just wouldn't feel, I mean, okay, watch it around the mate's house when I don't know about it, and then they come undisturbed. Yeah. Okay, so, so um, um, same thing with Superman Returns then, sort of wait for a bit. Uh, I think that's maybe a bit less of a problem. I think that's less, less yeah. Slightly less problematic, but uh, Spider-Man again, I think I would be a bit, if- I'd be a bit iffy about. Uh, and I but- remember going to see that after the 12A had been coming, mm. and a kid behind me, behind me in the audience, by this point, the, the entire cinema looked like a Paul Daniels convention. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the lots um, of magicians. Well, well, lots of well, lots of balls children. With a lot of people in the cinema, but you couldn't see them. Ah, oh, the fact that they they were they were the seat was larger than them. I'm them. amazed that Spider-Man's as good as it is. The first film, I mean, they could just have made kid, it just for kids. This you know? kid behind me, uh, particularly during that final fight at the end, uh, which is I think probably the most intense part of the film, mm. uh, it was was rather disturbed by it. <laughs> Couldn't have been more than five or six, I guess. Oh, God. And, uh, he was there with his dad, and, oh, God, I mean, I just remember, I, I clearly remember that. I thought, this, this isn't right. I, said, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea. But anyway. Okay, speaking oh. of small children being traumatised, how old were you when you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time? I can't remember. Honestly, can't remember. I think I must have been in my teens. Teens? Yeah. I was like the five. 10-11. <laughs> I don't know how I managed to follow it, but uh, let me tell you this. You know, you told me uh, about those kids who, uh, of your, your your nephews who were sort of like watching um, yeah. Lion King. I sat and watched that silent whole way through. Um, absolutely transfixed. The bit when he sort of chucks the uh, date in the air and then uh, Salah catches in and goes, bad dates. I was like, <gasps> no! <laughs> and then at the end when their faces melt off and explode, I was like... My God! But at the same time, it was like the best film I'd ever seen. So, it's a tough one. Uh, on on one hand, you've got Paul, very very wise. You've got to analyse your kid. You've got to work out what what they're susceptible to. And the, the fact that the, uh, the the ratings are there for a reason. Now, Raiders is what? It's a PG, isn't PG, it? PG, yeah. Yeah, but I'd say it's borderline because some of the shit in that is Jesus Christ. I have a. I I I, I thought it was. I, is one I thought one of them was a PG thirteen at least in the states. It's kind of akin to a, in, akin to the 12. I think twelve yeah. Temple uh, PG thirteen in the states because all the ch- the violence were around children. I, I honestly don't know. But I, I wonder uh, if Temple's the one which I actually find the most immature of the. All. It's, oh, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. Yeah. Really bad uh, film. Yeah. But no, I, I don't know. Again, I think I think again, it's 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 all about um, the context of that sequence, uh, and again, the ch- your child. Yeah. So, uh, but, I mean, a lot of these films, it, it probably would make sense to, you know, 
watch it first, maybe, in some of these instances. Oh, if you ha- well, put it like this. If you haven't seen all these films, see all these films, because they're yeah. awesome. <laughs> watch, them for, watch them first. I mean, if you yeah. haven't seen The Iron Giant, for example, watch oh, them first anyway. Yeah. Uh, just as Otherwise, any of these films, if you're walking down a blind alley with your kid, it's going to be like a case of, oh, hang on, that I didn't expect that to be in there. Yeah, this so. is a caution movie. I, I mean, I thought... <laughs> <laughs> Well, was this Nine songs. Run- well, I thought it was just going to be some music. Running scared. Oh, it's about some sort of running movie. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Stardust. There are some scary bits in that, but I think most kids will appreciate it when they get. Yeah, it's fine. Lovely, I mean, yeah, it's charming. Oh, speaking of charming, actually, Enchanted. I haven't mentioned that along the way. That see that all kids should see that. Yep. That that even, even, I mean, I think a lot of the younger boys might have a little bit of a problem with it because it's a bit lovey-dovey. Uh, and they'll want to watch. Although I think there's, to be honest, I think there's enough enough uh, sort of actiony bits in it. To, I think, yeah. to Catch them when they're really young and they haven't started to get like cynical seven-year-old boys. You know, just get them. Yeah, they'll love it. It's it's great. Um, it sort of recaptures the magic of the original Disney. Um, okay, Hellboy. See Indiana Jones. Really, it's um. Yeah, again, it's a difficult one. Really, it's a twelve. It's a twelve and all that. But um, again, mm. okay. <laughs> Paul, what would you say next to, one. to this next one? Okay, right. I think the, no. the one... No, 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 no. An emphatic no. no. You're really, no. You really thinking that a 10-year-old is going to... Well, we haven't even announced what it is yet, but I'm sure we're talking it's about Rushmore. Rushmore. Awesome film. I think that, I think that, you know what, I think that's suitable for uh, a slightly more sophisticated teenage crowd. Like, I don't know, from say about 15 onwards, <laughs> I'd say. What makes you say that? Really, an age off the top of my head. Well, for starters, the, this, the there's a lot of strong language in it. Um, and uh, there's even, even a bit of, even a bit of, mm, what, what's that, uh, you know, the sort, the sorts of thing, the sort, um, posters from the sort of magazine that you would again view around your friend's house. It's a bit sexy at times. But I'd say even beyond that, I, d- I just think it's too high concept. I don't think, you know, a lot of the stuff I, I believe it's aimed more towards an adult audience than exactly. you know, that kid. I, I just, I'd imagine myself sitting there as a, a 10, even a, a, you know, below the 15 year mark, and I don't think I would have got that film straight off the bat and really appreciated it. And and uh, do you know what? I'd be mortified if a child, uh, if my, if a child I had asked me, "What does fingering mean?" Mm. Um, it wasn't uh, that; it was the hand job. Uh, okay, right. But point taken, vetoed. It's out of room. It's in room one hundred and one. Okay, <laughs> until they're fifteen, right? And of course, Lord of the Rings. At what age do you show your kid Lord of the Rings? Honestly. Ten, eleven, twelve. I mean, I've seen. I mean, I've seen really little kids who are major fans of Lord of the Rings, and they ha- they seem to really know about it. They, they they know the characters. They 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 understand it. They understand the intertextuality of this thing, this massive epic film series. And I think I would be robbing my kids of a, you know an enriching experience to wait until they were in their teens to show them this. Show them the damn film then. Great, thank you. It's no, I agree. I, I think it's perfectly fine. You know, certainly around the twelve-year-old, I think you know, by chances are they're going to want to see it anyway. It's such a big film and yeah. so much hype. Certainly, if you've been showing them all these generations of great films before that, it'd just be criminal not to get what? to Lord of the Rings. In my case, they'd have wandered around the house for nine years or so, asking, "What's that sword from? <laughs> What's that poster? From? What are these <laughs> statues from? This action figure? This outfit? I've got quite a bit of Lord of the Rings stuff about the place." <laughs> 
And finally, when they get to see it, they're like, oh, that was all right. I thought it was going to be really good. In which case, I'll kick him out of the house forever. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Lord of the Rings is pretty much essential. I mean, even if you don't like that film, what's wrong with you? But if you don't like it, let them see it anyway. <laughs> they might have a different opinion on it. <laughs> um, let's briefly re- go over educational, because I know Paul's going to have a bone of contention on this one. Documentaries <laughs> that simply have to be seen to Last make them one. aware of a wider <laughs> world until they reach a certain age. I'm thinking nine, ten years old. Any any reason why Super Size Me should not be seen by a small child? Not really, no. Oh, not really? I think... really don't want the children to hear swear words. It's, it's got a uh, bit of swearing in it, but it's a very funny, very factual documentary. It's got, it's got one use of the F word, but uh, so if you're, if you're okay with that, then yeah, fine. I'd say from but, like um, seven onwards, they'll be able to grasp what the concept is. More important than that, though, it's got a, a message that we, you know, we should be installing our, our kids that you know, junk food, as much as it, it looks nice, isn't good for you. And yeah. you know, if you maybe you can install that into them at you know, an early ten, age, they'll be healthy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They're going to be thanking you when they're when they're a teenager, saying, "Why am I now, you know, twelve stone and I'm, you know, twelve years old?" That's not a good thing. So Jesus. I think, yeah, it's a it's a very it's this really important film to actually probably show. Yeah, I'd say, I wish I'd seen this at the age of about ten. Honestly, do I'd have been less fascinated by uh, junk food when I was growing up. Um, okay, an inconvenient truth. My only reason not to show this to kids when they're too young is because a they might not understand it, but b they might get terrified that the world was coming to an end. They'd have an existential fear of uh, the, 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 the demise of their own planet. Yeah, it, it, I think all these, I mean, certainly those two films, they deal with important issues and issues that certainly around the age, you know, I guess, around that age of, of 10 um, are, are very good qualities to actually in, you know, teach your child about the environment, about recycling, you know, not maybe to eat junk food. The only uh, thing I would say maybe is you know, they are still a kid and you've got to be careful of not preaching you know too much on them and actually almost you know revoking yeah. anything that you know oh, this is just I'd boring I'd want there to be balance as well because yeah. despite the fact I mean despite the fact that I think personally think that Al Gore's um, you know uh, motives behind it are entirely honourable um, I'd still want there to be you know to at least present you know, have the have the idea that there's a balance to this as well it's not I mean, mm. just just so they, they they are aware of you know the concept of there being two sides to an argument. Yeah. Not necessarily that, that I particularly agree with one way or the other. That's neither here nor there. But um, in fact, the same would really go for the last one on this list here. <clears throat> uh, You've hit the nail on the head there, Paul. It, it, balance is about the most important thing. I mean, because it, you, you know, can't just instill in them just to say to them, "Well, this is this is the only opinion that's right." I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, that doesn't that doesn't help the child. I don't think the idea is this: this you know, most kids you, you want you want them to be able to formulate their own opinions on things. Yeah, um, and I think that's re- I think that's I think that's the fair way of doing it. Yeah, Paul, I think you actually have child rearing down uh, pretty pretty well. <laughs> I think you, you seem to have your finger on the button there. I'd, I'd, I'd say you'd, you've, you could be you could have your own little Theodore and Jessica yet. That's what you got to call them. Right, so Bond of Columbine, not Ben? No, not really. Despite the fact that, again, I think this is more, again, more appropriate to, funnily enough, the rating that it got from the BBFC, primarily because that, you know, it deals with, it deals, I mean, it's about 
gun culture in the states, and specifically, it, specific reference to its it, teenagers having access to guns. So ultimately, mm. I think it's more more appropriate for. It's somewhat out of context in our society here. <laughs> exactly to have an understanding of what's go, of what's going on. Plus, it does again quite a lot of swearing in it, and um, uh, some particularly disturbing, um, some dist- fairly disturbing sequences. Yeah, bits from Columbine. From Columbine, and uh, there's bits, some other yeah. bits in the film as well. So I just think not. Not really appropriate. No, but, uh, twelve onwards. Uh, no, I, I honestly do think. I think you're in the fifteen range. I, it, I, it, I think yeah, it's, that's the sort of age. I think that's really the age range. It's it should really it's really well. Uh, it, it should really be aimed at if you're going. You need. A, I think more so. You need an understanding of the situation that um, you know the, the the current climate that country was in at that time. Yeah. And I you know, I think all you need to go into the film with a lot more knowledge. Currently, arguably, still is. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, still is. But I, I think you need to know more about everything than, than just sitting down in front of that film and saying, "Look, see, if you if you play with guns, they're bad." I think you know the film says a lot more than that. I don't, I'm not too sure that anyone beyond the, you know a, a teenager would even understand how deep become complex that situation and again, is. Again, the balance is the key here because you know I, I, as much as I like Michael Moore, I, I still think the. Uh, because primarily because the, the idea should really be able to debate the issue, even if you, even if it's to say I don't agree with Michael Moore and here's the reason why, um, then you know the, again it's it's all it's all about with all that with this educational side of things, it's all about balance, quite quite crucial I think. So um, uh, and Michael Moore has an agenda, what, no matter what way you look at it, everyone has an agenda. So, but you just have to be able to you know to extrapolate what you know what what he's saying uh, versus you know and see how that. that you know, what your opinion on it is. You know. Yeah. Not many documentaries put together just because the filmmakers think they're cool. Precisely. Okay. So, um, right. Third, well, final category is the fifth category. Um, much like the third. Uh, slightly more unusual collection of films you might not immediately think kids would like, but in our case, we saw when we were young and absolutely adore to this day. Now, this is a tough one because obviously, as we've discussed, there are certain films which we saw behind our parents' backs and our parents obviously would not have said yes to, um, <laughs> which I think benefited us. I think I, I've actually grown a real appreciation of film um, through these films. For example, the, fir- the first film I saw uh, that made me think, right, I want to direct films when I'm, a, when I'm an adult, uh, was Pulp Fiction, and I saw that when I was 15, way before. I should have been able to see it. Um, but that's made me want to be a filmmaker it's it's shaped my life so um as i said the first 18s i seem to remember seeing were robocop predator um aliens i think they all con- contain some sort of sci-fi <laughs> thing going on there somewhere but um yeah it's, obviously my by no means are we suggesting you put robocop in front of your child um but be aware that this sort of thing is going to happen, so you might want to sort of prep them with some films first, which aren't anywhere near as extreme as Robocop, Predator, etc., um, but that might make them maybe take them on board a bit more. Um, uh, such, as, such as Robocop 3 and Aliens uh, vs. Predator uh, Requiem. Yeah, which are both... Not, well, not, not Requiem, but is Alien vs. Predator 1 like a PG or 12? No, no, uh, well, no, both of those films are 15. 15? Oh, right, okay. Oh, yeah. But uh, Alien vs. Predator 1 was only a PG in the States, or PG-13. Yeah. So, technically, if you're in America, you could show your kid that when they're, like, fairly young. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to. It's fucking rubbish. Yeah. But, um, 
not a recommendation. But yeah, similar with Robocop 3, that was, what, was that a PG? As a, uh, as a yeah, that's fucking awful. Who cares? It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. matter. It's irrelevant. Yeah. It was Paul was making a joke, and don't show your kids them. Okay, right. But rather than showing them straight out violent films, I think we've mentioned some quality films like Serenity there, which they maybe should see before they see Robocop. Um, yes. Batman Begins, some slightly more sort of a bit more intense as far as violence goes, but they're also really sort of methodical, thinky pieces, and they're not just like random wanton violence. We came out of the eighties, and obviously that was like the the, the decade of Arnold Schwarzenegger-style big shooty, stupid <laughs> fucking movies, uh, of which Alien vs. Predator Requiem seems to be wanting to take us back to. Um, but, uh, Amen to um, that, brother. Amen. <laughs> Rambo, tell you a couple yeah. weeks. Shoot him up. That. Can't wait. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, 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 think more along the lines of sort of adult comedies and dramas, which I actually think a lot of kids would be able to get their heads around. I mean, maybe after 10 or 11, maybe. For example, for me, Rain Man. That was one of my favourite films when I was a kid. I think I must have seen it a lot at the age of about sort of 10, 11. There is a bit of sex in it, but it's, re- it's sort of Go a comic... Go back and get the ITV edit, edited yeah. version. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. That's how, uh, it, Charlie would say, this guy's a friggin' fruitcake, rather than the real F-word. Uh, thank you, ITV, for keeping us from the real swear words. Sanitised, um, lovely. Yeah. Parenthood. Why me? Uh, Parenthood. I loved Parenthood when I was a kid. I don't know. It just, it just really resonated with me, and now it's more relevant than ever. So, um, seriously, this, these are films that shape me. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. If your kid doesn't laugh at this, he's not bloody human. So. Make sure they're old. And what's the worst thing in that? I suppose that there's some references in the Castle Anthrax that are a little bit racy, but uh, apart from that, it's all good. It's so, harmless fun. I mean, yeah. Well, hang on. When Sir Lancelot goes batshit and starts slaughtering people, <laughs> there's lots of arms and legs chopped off, but it's very comically done. So it's I tongue and cheek. Once they're about ten, they'll be fine with that. A- any others that you can think of? Not that particularly since, but I'm just, I was thinking in my head what I was also watching as a teenager, and I suppose stuff like Wayne's World and uh, kind of crops up, which is funny. Yeah, show them Wayne's World. They need an education in rock. In oh, fact, are, are there any... Rock. Yeah, School of... Oh, brilliant. How did I forget that one? School of Rock, totally. Totally must, must show them School of Rock. Motorhead. Tell yeah. me you have got the lead out. Yeah. Awesome. Empire okay. Records. I think that's a great teenager film. Yep. Uh, Yes, it's more for about like rock romantic. and uh, you know talking to people and understanding of uh, yeah. other people's emotions. I'd Quite save deep, save days to confused for a few more years, but yes. um, yeah, the most famous a few more years. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, actually, I showed when I was um, yeah when I was about ooh, I was about eighteen and my cousins were about fifteen and fourteen. Uh, maybe a bit older. I showed them Jerry Maguire um, of Easter one time. And although there's a few moments which are a bit racy, uh, such as You're My Motherfucker and Don't Ever but Stop... you showed fuck- a 15 certificate film to a 15-year-old person. Significantly, they were at my uh, grandparents' house. Amazing. Um, <laughs> well, they might have been a bit younger than that, I don't know. But uh, they were fairly young, I remember. I recall them being sort of like kids, and uh, they love Jerry Maguire, and everyone seemed to love it. So it's a great family film. That's a great one, too. And it's a feel-good one as well. So, yeah. Anyone else? Anything else? Oh, uh, Return to Oz. Make sure you show them Wizard of Oz when they're little, and then Return to Oz when they're a little bit older. That's um, it's a sort of a twisted, uh, slightly darker um, 
80s version, which I don't think anyone ever sees or mentions, but it's really good. Feruza Bolt's in it. I saw I didn't like it, but hey. <laughs> Fine. Um, but yeah, make sure they see the first one first, because, uh, it's, okay, again, that's kind of a classic when they're kids. See, well, what would be wrong with showing them like, a decent Bond film as well, like Casino yeah. Royale, example? Maybe not start with Casino Royale. <laughs> Show them things like Live and Let Die first, <laughs> and... Uh, I'd, I'd rather get them off to a good start. So. Yeah, you'd honestly show like, Casino Royale first, and of course an older, an older, a slightly older child. Yes. Yeah. So they wouldn't ever have seen the original Bond films, but you would definitely that start would be the, the Bond. idea. That you you got to right. ask whether your child's ever going to be sitting down and watching TV because he's bound to bump into one Precisely. or two. Precisely. Yes. If it's a bank holiday. Bond is on. I think that's gonna. I think that's not going to be an issue. But I think he's going to see the Great Escape a few times. No, I mean, what I mean is, I think there, there are certain sort of action movie type things. Like I mean, Mission Impossible Three, I suppose, is another one that yeah, all right. that kind of thing. For slightly old, for slightly older, you know, sort of, you know, I guess we're we, we you know, born on the twelve, you know, yeah. sort of age, you know, that kind of thing. Just why not? No. And <laughs> at Christmas time, it's a wonderful life. Yep. Brilliant. They should see that. Oh, Muppets Christmas Carol when they're little, <laughs> definitely. Oh, actually, that's true. That should be yeah, you know, quite a young age. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it. That that, <laughs> that is pretty much the most essential uh, kids' films. Well, well, you've forgotten a few, most definitely. Um, a lot of people like The Dark Crystal. I'm not too keen. My wife would tell me off for not saying it. Sharon. <laughs> the Dark Crystal. Do the Dark Crystal. Labyrinth is better. We'll take your word for it. Well, speaking of labyrinths, Pan's Labyrinth? Oh, come uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait till they're 15, that's fine. Yes, definitely. Damn it. <laughs> I'll show them a, a double bill of Labyrinth and Pan's Labyrinth. Um, <laughs> it's a sequel, so. <laughs> okay. Um, apart from that, I mean, I think there's, there's, a good, there's a bunch of superhero films out there which aren't quite so good, like Fantastic Four, um, Daredevil's obviously for slightly older kids, and uh, be choosy with it. I think X-Men 2, of all of them, I'm going to be loath to show my kids X-Men 1 before I show them X-Men 2, because it's like, well, this is rubbish, but the next one's good. Um, but I guess it's kind of like the Star Wars prequels, you've got to start somewhere. Apart from that, I mean, basically, as Paul says, the key is balance. And that's it. And and, and enjoy these things with your kids and share them with them and, and really yeah. tre- treasure the moment their little faces light up when uh, the Ark of the Covenant gets opened and the Nazis get what they deserve. <laughs> um, and, you know, when the library goes, first goes, ah, in Ghostbusters and they jump behind the sofa... Or even at an early age, and Lion King and you know, Simba holds yeah. up his, his newborn son on the top of that mountain, and the Circle of Life tune springs out, and you're like, oh. Uh, Hang on. Simba holds up his son? Is it not Simba? Mufa- been- it, it's, um, it's Rafiki holds up Simba. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That, that, oh, that film is great. Uh, put it like this. It has never been a better time to show your kids decent quality movies now. There are so many good ones. And if your kid's about 10 years old and you've never shown him half of these or her, then they're sport for choice, quite frankly. But also, I mean, uh, on top of all this, I mean, yeah, we're, we're going on about films, 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 but 
it's important to actually show them a lot of these films because it, it does actually tell them a lot about life. You know, kids look for inspirations, obviously from their parents, but also they will take inspirations from media. So, you know, as I've said before, there's nothing wrong with Grand Theft Auto, but don't give it to your 12-year-old son and then complain that he's got a bit hyperactive and wants to shoot things. You know, it's... Well, just don't give designed. it to your 12-year-old son full stop. There is nothing yeah. good that can come of that. This, this is media, so... You know, showing these films, these films will teach teach children, you know, ethics about love, about um, I suppose honesty, death, 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 death you know, all these different things. The same as where music and games will, you know, you've got to be selective what you show these things. I mean, media is an important part because they they're going to see this stuff. You know, in the future, yeah, unless you're going to bring your kid up to be so what detached from everything in in the vain hope that that's going to make them you know uh, a sensible person like yeah i think that's just that's wrong because eventually they're going to be having access to this stuff so if you can control it and and get an understanding of what good films and good music and good games are over this this period you know that early years and i think personally that's the thing that took me into the later part of my life of a, a better understanding of you know just the world brilliant Absolutely right. Mm. Yeah. This is your child's development. This is what will turn them into what they're going to be. So, on that bombshell, does everyone want to say a Valentine's movie? It might be a bit too late now to go out and pop to HMV or uh, Blockbusters, but if it's not too late and you're stuck for something to show your uh, wife, your girlfriend, or your boyfriend, or your husband, or your partner, or your whatever, (laughs) then our suggestions are as follows. Paul, tell me. I want to know. What is this one film? Well, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, Joe Wright's Atonement, uh, direct, the Joe Wright director's film Atonement, is actually mm-hmm. was released this week. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you know, snap it up for Valentine's Day, and let's face it, it's I don't, I don't know, arguably not not really uh, not really the best film. I would think. Uh, <laughs> I personally, it's a bit depressing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's the right. One. I don't think it's right. However, his first film, first feature film, Pride and Prejudice, oh. I do think it is. Um, and uh, that would, I suppose that would be, I mean, it is kind of an obvious choice if one thinks about it even for a moment, but I, I, it's, I think it's a really sweet, charming film. And if you watch the UK version, it has one of the best endings uh, I've, I've seen in a long, long while. It's just, uh, who would have thought Don, Donald Sutherland would make a, would make <laughs> the, the cap on a, a cap on a, it, the move, The way the movie ends is wonderful, and I, I really, really, really enjoyed it, and I think it's a really... Really sweet, uh, charming film. Uh, despite the fact that everyone goes, it's not as good as the BBC one. I, I, I don't know. I've got no, I've got no frame of reference. I'm sure it isn't. It's shorter. <laughs> it's shorter. I, I really, really like it, mm. and I'd, uh, I'd highly recommend it. Well, ironically, Paul, it's on our shelf. We've been waiting to watch it. I'm not sure. I was waiting for a decent day to come up. I think you've just given us the excuse. Borrowing it from my mum. It's a great film. Hi, mum. Um, okay, great. My uh, film of choice is uh, the Danny Boyle film, most underrated uh, romantic comedy of all time, A Life Less Ordinary. Oh. Uh, brilliant. Seriously. Fantastic. We saw that in the cinema in 1997, and only yep. we liked it. Uh, Ewan McGregor at his absolute most affable, charming, clumsy, and, and funny, sweet-natured Cameron Diaz as the sort of a, the, the, the feisty foil. It's very much like, um, who directed uh, It Happened One Night with Clark Gable? I want to say Billy Wilder. There's the other guy. Capra, possibly. No, I think it was Wilder actually who directed that one. It's um rich girl uh gets kidnapped by sort of by accident by a guy who works for her dad 
and uh, two angels have to, um, well, ostensibly get her back, but they're actually tr- really trying to get the two together because uh, people don't believe in heaven in real uh, love anymore, and they're trying to show them that true love does exist. And by the end of this uh, film, if you don't have a massive broad grin on your face, you're not fucking human. And plasticine ending as well. <laughs> Remember that one? Yes. Awesome. So I, uh, yeah, I can't believe, I mean... That's a really, really underrated film. I've never understood why that got the slag in it eventually did. I mean, what, what did he direct before that? Trainspotting. And everyone was expecting a big... Shallow Grave. Trainspotting, Shallow so, Grave. I mean, it, is that why we're thinking maybe it, it got the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were expecting something like that. And uh, it wasn't. It wasn't anything like they well, expected. It's a romance, though, so what are you going to yeah, do? Exactly. But it's also uh, really quirky and fun. Such a soundtrack as well. Awesome film. Top. Tony. Well, you've only given me an hour to think about this, so I'm only an hour. <laughs> yeah, Paul had his minutes. Um, it's a bit of a, f- a favourite of mine, and, and this is, and we we tend to actually watch it at least once a year. So uh, it's why you are sleeping. Maybe a bit of a Christmas oh. film, but um, it's such a lovely. I mean, it's a romantic film, and I, it, there's something in there for the both the girls and the guys. And I don't know. I just it's one of the ones that just makes us smile every year that we watch it. So what's in there for the girls? Is it Bill Paxton or Bill Pullman or Jeff Daniels? <laughs> what's his name? Yeah, but see, they're all nice. <laughs> no, um, it's Bill Pax... Pullman, isn't it? Is it You're having to think about it, aren't you? <laughs> it's Pullman. You these people in my head. I'm like, uh, no, it is Pullman, yeah. It's Pullman. Yeah, yeah and but Sandra see, Bullock, who, at her most lovely, possibly. Exactly. Yeah, but you, see, you could even say um, Cameron Diaz in yeah. <laughs> Life Less Ordinary. She went on to do a lot of crap, I guess. Yeah. But that's, that was one of my favourite uh, romance films. Yeah. Good choices. If Okay, right. You are, you guys out there owe it to yourselves to shoot out and get it. I don't think Pride and Prejudice will be on the uh, rental shelf, but you might be able to get a two-pack in uh, HMV with the excellent, apparently, by all accounts, Atonement. I've just gone on the IMDB to see what they rated the top romance film, and yeah. apparently it's Casablanca. Ah, uh, of course. But you know, there's a screening tomorrow in a lot of in digital in a lot of cinemas. Yeah, well, that, that's an obvious one, and we were just trying to present three possible yeah. ones that you might have forgotten. So uh, try them. Okay, uh, and on the, we maybe wish you a very happy Valentine's Day, and uh, you will get lots of. I saw when I was uh, walking past a, a chocolate shop the other day, uh, a giant chocolate heart that said "I love you" in icing on it, and it was fifty quid. Jesus! Surely there's more you could do with fifty quid than that. I love you to the tune of 50 quid in chocolate heart. Just the big one. For God's sake. <laughs> Just buy all those films and with the change, um, buy, buy a steak dinner. Cook it yourself. <laughs> okay. Sorry. The graduate. Yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Okay. Right. I have been your host, loved up Alex Shaw. I've been Paul Shotton. I've been Tony Atkins. And we will leave you on something, no doubt, extremely romantic. He's